Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. J.T. DeVolt with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Live. And you know what that means? It's time time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-altitude life. And I say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whatever time it is for you, no matter where you might be tuning in from on the Big Blue Marble. Thank you for joining me here each and every single Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Always a privilege to come at you for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Brought to you, of course, as always, by flywithjt.com. That's flywithjt.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, as well as stay connected to everything that's going on in the high-altitude community. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I believe is a true high-performance principle, and that's the concept of being a problem-solver. Sir Richard Branson, one of the great entrepreneurs, one of the people that I really look to for not just inspiration, but also, I think, one of the great business teachers, one of the best entrepreneurs I can think of. He said something great. He said, launching a business is essentially an adventure in problem solving. And I think that's that's very true. Because being an effective problem solver is not only a basic requirement in business, but I think it's a differentiating quality in life. I think... That to be a leader, you have to see yourself as a problem solver, somebody who can see a solution inside a challenge where most people give up, where most people fret, where most people stress out. To be a problem solver is one of the great strategies or one of the great strengths that you can have to be successful, not just in business, but in life. Now, what's interesting about this is you don't have to be MacGyver to be a great problem solver. If you remember back in the 80s, there was that very popular television show called MacGyver, and it was based on a guy who could basically engineer a solution out of almost anything. <laughs> you give him a stick of gum and a paper clip, and he could basically diffuse or create a nuclear bomb. It was crazy. But you don't have to be like that. You just need to have some key characteristics to be a great problem solver. And if you look at anybody, you probably have seen folks in your life. Maybe you are, yourself are an awesome problem solver. But if you've ever met people who seem to be able to engineer a solution out of seemingly impossible challenges, you know that they have certain characteristics about them. And these are characteristics, by the way, that can be developed. I don't think you have to be born. You know, there's no such thing as a natural-born problem solver. I think there's just there are certain sort of innate abilities that we all have, but we have to develop them in some cases, for some of us more, though, more so than others. I think the first real important characteristic of being a great problem solver is you have to be naturally curious. You want to always be kind of asking or looking at things and wondering how it works, right? My son's a great example of a problem solver. He's naturally very curious because what he loves to do is he loves to find, he'll build Legos. And I remember when I was a kid, I used to build, I used to work with Legos all the time. So he will sit there and build these crazy, amazing contraptions out of Legos, things that, you know, just just a box of these little bricks that snap together suddenly become, you know, a very interesting 
innovation that he put together out of the you know sort of creativity of his own mind and curiosity and creativity kind of in a way can go hand in hand but they are very separate things so being curious is the first part but i think being creative is another one you have to have a sense of creativity about yourself now i know you might be thinking some folks say well i'm not a very creative person but that's the kind of limiting belief that we have to be able to drop. If you're serious about becoming a great problem solver, and let's say this, you will absolutely differentiate yourself in the marketplace if you can be seen by the rest of everybody else as a great problem solver. People that come to you and come to see your business, your product, your brand, your service, whatever it is, if they see you as a problem solver, then suddenly you become far more valuable in their mind. They will pay a premium to work with you, but more than just the money, you will get the esteem, you'll get the respect, but, and, and you'll also make a bigger difference. And that is, after all, part of what we're here to do, I would hope. So you don't have to be MacGyver, but you do have to be curious. I think you have to be creative and you have to be curious. The other thing is it pays to be a good listener because if you've got a challenge, if you've got a team that you lead, and there's a problem within that, within that team, we're trying to get to the root of what the problem is and try to find the solution. The solution is typically not that far below the surface. It's not that you have to dig so deep to get to it, but you do have to be able to ask some really good questions and be a great listener. It's one thing to formulate a great question. It's another thing to be able to listen, hear those key words, find those phrases, find the words and the phrases and the meanings behind all of it and figure out what it truly means. Some of the best problem solvers that I've ever met have been people that can answer or ask great questions and, and then listen intently to figure out kind of where the solution might be. In coaching, it's a mandate. You have to be an awesome listener. And you have to be seen as a problem solver. That's what people come to you for. If you're a coach, if you're a consultant, if you're a thought leader, then you have to be seen and think of yourself as a problem solver. And so it means coming to, what, what that really comes down to is becoming a very good listener. It also means being able to remain objective and unemotional at times. Listen, what we mean by this is a lot of times people come to you with a problem because they are at their wit's end, right? If they could have come up with the solution, they would have. So that's why they're coming to you. In those cases, it's very easy. You can say, wow, this is a really important thing. I want to find the solution for them, and then get kind of pulled into the emotional down spiral. So it's very important to remain objective and unemotional to an extent. It doesn't mean you're a robot. It doesn't mean you're cold. It just means that you don't allow the emotion to sweep over you like a wave and take you under. It means being open-minded. It means being relentless. These are some of the characteristics of great problem solvers. Curious, creative, being a good listener, able to remain objective and unemotional, open-minded, and of course relentless, sticking with it until you find the solution. You know, that is probably one of the great talents right there, is to be relentless. If you want to be a great problem solver, it comes down to being relentless, sticking in the game long enough. As the great Jim Rohn said, it's hard to beat a person that never quits. And that's exactly what it takes to be a problem solver. So the, the challenge here is that problem solvers are becoming increasingly rare, right? It seems that these days there's a lot more people adding problems rather than solving them. And problem solvers are rare, but they're also highly coveted. They're very much in demand. If right now you have a business where you want to be more on demand, you want to be able to charge more for your services, you want to be able to have more awesome, high-value clients coming to you and asking you for your services, 
position yourself and become a great problem solver. So how do you do this? How do we actually go about it? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of steps here that you can use. and These aren't necessarily step-by-step process, but more importantly, these are ways that you can become a great problem solver. The first one is to get good at identifying the problem. Because it's very often we can go down a go down a path, kind of a tangential path, and lose the objective. Somebody might come to us and say, "Man, I really wish I was making more money in my business." And all of a sudden, we start thinking about sales and conversion and all these things. When, when instead, what we really need to do is ask better questions about what is the real problem here? Is the real problem that we're not making money, or is the real problem that you know perhaps we're not articulating what we have? Maybe it's that uh, the business could be more efficient. We've got to get good at identifying what the actual problem is. And a big part of this is to be able to see what the obstacles truly are. What are the obstacles that are holding the person back? Or what's the obstacle that's creating the problem in the first place? Again, as I'd mentioned a moment ago, this is about being objective, kind of stepping away and not being, you know, taking it too personal or getting emotional about it, but just trying to see the problem for what it is. The next part is to get good at identifying the opportunity. So on one side, we're identifying the problem, but on the next side, we want to identify the opportunity. See, here's the deal. Where other people see problems, leaders see opportunity. And that's the difference maker right there. Somebody who throws their hand up in the air and says, this isn't working I can't do this, and they start using those sort of languages that sound very much like a self-defeative attitude, we have to be willing to step in there as a problem solver and see the opportunity where everybody else sees a problem. So how can you turn that challenge into a win? How can the challenge end up being a, quote, good thing? Good or bad is not really, again, if we're staying objective, that's, those terms don't necessarily fit. But, you know, as somebody approaches this and approaches you and says, I've got this problem, how can we turn that into a win for them? How can we make this into a strong or a good thing or a positive thing so that the outcome is beneficial to them and that they can learn from the problem and perhaps not have the problem show up again in their life? Getting good at identifying the opportunity is extremely important. Next, we want to get good at reverse engineering. I think this is one of the most awesome things to watch with, with great problem solvers. It's somebody who can actually do some reverse engineering on the problem and turn the problem on its ear and literally create a solution within that opportunity. Now, here's the interesting part about this. First and foremost is we have to break it down into small pieces. If you've got a problem, let's say the person does. They come to you and they say, man, I want to make more money in my business. Well, we need to break it down into pieces, figure out what the business is, what it does, who the ideal clients are and who the ideal customers, what's worked in the past, what hasn't worked. That's the way we reverse engineer a challenge like that. The next part is to recognize the patterns. As we reverse engineer, it's about recognizing patterns. You'll start to see where is the breakdown because the chances are the business itself is not a disaster. It's just a matter of figuring out where there are certain patterns that are leading to that low performance. You can see this in athletes too. Athletes are great about this. Athletes are typically people who are very regimented. They have a systematic approach to what they do in their, in their sport or their athletic endeavor. And so if you can recognize those patterns, that's typically where you see the breakdown. And so to be a problem solver is to be able to break it down into the smallest pieces and recognize the patterns and see if you can find where the discrepancy is. See where that low performance piece is and then that is typically where you solve the problem. 
Next, we got to be willing to be wrong. I think problem solvers in and of themselves are people who can put the ego aside and explore all options and say, you know what, yeah, I, I might be wrong here. This solution feels right on paper. Let's put it into action, and let's be you know, sort of open-minded, open-minded enough to see the value in sort of that trial and error mistake that we might make. Trial and error mistakes are a lot different than just kind of like a boneheaded mistake where we weren't seeing the big picture, where we weren't thinking objectively, right? But more importantly, if we go into it willing to know that we can be wrong, hey, there's a possibility we might be wrong here, but... We're going to give it our best efforts. We're going to give, you know, our best. Uh, we're going to do our best work on this, knowing that it is possible we could be wrong here. Is a very strong characteristic of a great problem solver. Somebody who can put the ego aside. Somebody who can explore all options and say, hey, okay, let's take a look at this. Let's give it our best shot and see what happens next. That trial and error mistake that we make is a far more valuable learning tool than just about anything else. And I think really strong problem solvers excel at that. They can see the value in that. And finally, great problem solvers are, are, are just exceptional at calibrating expectations. It's one of the things that makes them you know, sort of head and shoulders above everybody else. The people that kind of get mired in the, in the details or they, they get kind of wrapped up in the drama of the challenge itself or the problem itself, they're not people that are calibrating expectations, but problem solvers do. They go into it saying, you know what, we're going to give this everything we've got and we're going to learn along the way. It's possible that the solution may not come about. It's possible that we may not solve it on the first go, but... Let's give it the best shot we got. Let's give it the old college try, and let's make it happen. They refuse to get sucked into this perfection obsession, right? They don't want to be perfect. They just want to get the thing moving. They want to figure out, can we create the solution on the first go? But if we don't, then let's calibrate and let's adjust. And that is one of the true measures of a great problem solver. So, again, if you want to become a great problem solver, there's really a few things. The first and foremost is to get really great at identifying the problem seeing it for what it is, outlining all the obstacles, and being objective. Next is to get good at identifying the opportunity, because where others see problems, leaders see opportunity. So the question is, how can we turn this into a win? How can we turn this challenge into a good thing? How can we actually make this work for us and leverage it? Third is, we want to get good at reverse engineering. In other words, breaking it down into its small pieces, figuring out kind of what the components of the challenge are, and then seeing if we can recognize patterns. Because typically if we see patterns, that's typically the little breadcrumb trail, if you will, that will lead us to the solution, lead us to the answer. Next is to be willing to be wrong. It's, very, it's one of the strongest sort of, you know, uh, you know, sort of character traits, if you will, of a great problem solver is this ability to put the ego aside and explore all options, realizing that, hey, you know, we have talent and we have this desire to win. We have this, this desire to solve the problem, but it's possible that we could be wrong, and that's perfectly okay because we're looking for those, for those lessons within the mistakes. We're looking for those lessons within the, quote, failures. And finally, is to calibrate expectations. So important to go into it with calibrated expectations, knowing that, hey, the first try may not work, the second may not. It may take 10,000 attempts, just like it did for Thomas Edison when he created the light bulb. But going into it with calibrated expectations keeps our mind clear, keeps us focused on the target, and keeps us moving past the challenges, the hurdles, and the barriers to our success. My friend, to become a great problem solver is one of the key and essential components that can differentiate you in the marketplace and in life. 
to be an entrepreneur means to be a leader, and to be a strong leader means to be a great problem solver. So work on these tactics and skills each and every single day and watch yourself become a great problem solver and be seen as a problem solver and a true asset to the people that are seeking you out for your products and your services. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come out to you each and every single Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern right here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com. Get connected to the High Altitude community. Lots of cool stuff coming down the road. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you next week.